happy, happy, happy Sunday. And we are kicking it off again with our quote sessions episode three. Amazing. And we are also going back to our roots of extreme ownership with Jocko Willink slash Leaf Babin. And yeah, I, I can't say enough about this book. It definitely encompasses all it takes to be a not only a leader, but a good leader, someone who is going to inspire others, do what's best for the team versus themselves. And yeah, just overall, just make an impact on other people's lives. And that's something that a lot of leaders nowadays can't say. Uh, when you step into that position, whether your job, your organization, your business, uh, your family, wherever, whenever, you have to have this mindset. You have to know that everything that you do from here on out uh, is is your responsibility. And anything that goes wrong underneath you, underneath your your tier or your rank or your title or whatever in your department, it's your fault. It's not the person below you's fault. It's your fault because you weren't there to, you know, foresee a problem or to plan ahead or build systems or build at scale or whatever. And so, yeah, I just think overall, this book encompasses everything that we should be looking towards becoming as leaders in this free world that we live in in America. And there's there's no excuse there's no excuse for for blaming other people or pointing the finger. So uh, with that being said, we're going to jump back into it. Uh, we are at chapter two, and this chapter is entitled No Bad Teams, Only Bad Leaders. So our first quote comes from page 53, and it says, I did my utmost to pass on. Uh, sorry, I did my utmost to pass on to them everything I wish someone had taught me prior to leading in combat. Uh, and, you know, full disclosure, we are talking about the battlefield in this book. So if you see the terms like blood and death and, you know, you don't have to think literally or, li uh, yeah, you don't have to think literal in those regards. But sometimes... You know, in our company, our livelihood, other people's livelihood, I mean, there could be death involved, blood involved. Like, you know, if, if you're an officer of the law or, uh, yeah, if you're a firefighter or if you're, you know, let's say you're you're handling people's finances and those finances, if they go down far enough, people will, you know, take their own life. Or, I mean, I don't want to be all morbid all of a sudden, but like, that's the reality. Like, people in this world do die and and we need to foresee every opportunity as, uh, you know, a way to get away from that, a way for us to 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 paint a better picture. And uh, and yeah, so obviously this this book comes from that world. And but we're going to think of it, uh, you know, theoretically speaking or combat could wouldn't have to necessarily mean physical combat. It could be combat of the free market, combat of our finances, combat of our family life. So, um, yeah, I believe that every good leader who does their job well is constantly communicating their own failures in in their teams, uh, 
communications, uh, if you do a podcast, which I think is amazing, uh, but you know, internal communication in that way, you need to be passing on as much information as you can and doing things to teach others uh, so that when they become leaders in their own department, world, family life, whatever, they're going to actually look at it the right way versus just assuming that everyone's going to do all this other stuff for them and and not have to really work hard, just, you know, get a paycheck or, you know, have a title of whatever. And and that's all it takes is just, you know, is just that. And that's truly not the case. It never has, never will be. Uh, but unfortunately, not a lot of leaders uh, and the higher ups in this world uh, know that. So I'm here to tell you that right now. Um, you know, if you're not if you're not teaching other people, passing on the information that that you wish you had passed on to you prior to your position, uh, then you're fucking up, and that's not right. So. Um, Next one comes from page 54, says when setting expectations, no matter what has been said or written, if substandard performance is accepted and no one is held accountable, a.k.a. if there are no consequences, that poor performance becomes the new standard. Damn, that's good. Um, I don't think people think of it that way. I don't think I don't think uh, the higher ups, the top of the food chain, the CEOs, board of directors, whatever. I don't think they realize that when certain things aren't held accountable, that that ends up being their standard. They, they don't look at it that way. They, they see themselves as like, oh, we're always striving to be the best. We're always, you know, making, you know, huge strides and we're, you know, always thinking about the future and, you know, working long hours. It's like, well, no, actually what you're doing is you're, you're lowering expectations, you're, you know, building, um, building these long hours as a, as a necessity to show, you know, how much, you know, work you guys do, but what kind of work is actually happening? Are people, you know, uh, you know, dilly dallying, uh, in the morning for a couple hours before they even like open up their emails or, you know, like what, what gets people motivated? Do you even know what gets people motivated at your workplace or your, your job or your company? Uh, you know, what is the energy like? What's the culture like? Are those people inspiring other people in their departments? Like you don't know unless you know, unless you know what's actually being held responsible, uh, for. And, and those substandard performances by people underneath you, remember, cause it's your fault. Everything is your fault. And those subpar types of achievements are, are something that you probably wouldn't even blink at, let alone uh, acknowledge as a, a good thing. And yet that has become the standard. That mediocre type of achievement for everyone else underneath you think that that's the way it should be done. And then when you get substandard performance below that, that becomes your new standard. It's like, are you crapping me? Like, how how is this even possible? How does this fall through the cracks? How do how do leaders not realize how terrible their performance, you know, is as a leader? If they can't look at the whole big picture, the whole culture, the whole regime, 
and realize that it's because of them, because of their lack of leadership and their lack of sacrifice. You know, yeah, you might have to work extra hours to get Johnny to understand the process or the system or or how to do something. You might have to teach them multiple times to do the same thing. And yes, you're going to have to change it up. You're going to have to communicate differently. Either it's on the site training, on the job training, it's showing videos, it's sending emails, it's, you know, texting them late at night. Whatever you got to do, it's your fault. So make sure that you do your work. And if you can't do it, then maybe you're not a good leader. Sorry. Maybe maybe that industry is not for you or maybe maybe you just, you know, if you're going to give up on that person because you're not really giving up on the job you're giving up on the person and if if you know if if you have the power to essentially say hey man this just isn't working out i apologize that i'm not able to give you what you need but at the same time maybe you're just not in the right place to to be that like that's a decision as a leader that you might have to make and you know it's your fault if they have to you know get fired or you know step down or whatever but at least you made the decision at least you were a leader in that way and you and you did the 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 last resort you know and uh because sometimes that's going to happen but for you to to allow those subpar standards as the norm and just be like well that's just how he does it like i guess it's okay no it's not okay (laughs) it's definitely not okay and and you need to change something about it otherwise your ship is going to sink and a lot of people don't don't do that. They let this ship sink, even if it's super slow and it takes a long time and a lot of money, and a lot of resources and a lot of people's livelihoods. They will let that happen because you know what? Job security. Being a leader equals having a job. So uh, I'm going to stop there on that one. Uh, hopefully we're going to get through two chapters today like we did, I think, last week. Two sections, I should say. Uh, Next one comes to page 55. It says teams need a forcing function to get the different members working together to accomplish the mission. And that is what leadership is all about. So I'm going to reread that teams need a forcing function. So that to me means they need they need either on the job training or they need the, you know, the blood, sweat and tears kind of experience to realize that like when it's go time, like, you know, we are gonna have to work together. We are gonna have to accomplish a mission that is essentially only going to be capable of us accomplishing with each other. And if, if I, as a leader can't develop that type of, um, routine and, and schedule or, um, you know, exercise, then you know, odds are, if it only happens when the job needs to be done, you're going to probably fail. And instead of you failing in practice, you actually fail in, in, uh, or I should say when you're, if you fail while you're, you know, uh, uh, you know, rehearsing it, uh, that's way better than failing at the actual practice, you know, at the actual trade or situation, service, uh, event, whatever it is. And, I don't I don't think uh, that ends up becoming a priority for most leaders when they set up a time or they set up a team to think like that. You know, they might think rehearse or prepare or plan, but 
but are they really thinking like, no, like it needs to feel like it's going to feel like they need to know how, how stressful it might be, how much, uh, pressure is on them. And, you know, and then in that, in turn there, they're going to figure out who can actually handle the pressure because some people can handle pressure differently, especially in different types of, of, you know, accomplishments or tasks or whatever. And, you know, like I would say I could handle, uh, a stressful situation playing music way better than like someone like my wife, because my wife doesn't have the experience in one music that way, but two, um, you know, she's been on stage before and she, she can communicate over a microphone like nobody else way better than I can. And yet when it comes to the music side of being on stage and performing and all that stuff, like I kind of have a one up on her because I've had the experience versus if it was the same thing on stage, but all of a sudden you take music out of it and it's now like dancing. My wife used to be a dance teacher, so she could handle working with all the people, making sure people get communicated to the right way, so on and so forth. So, but you, you don't probably realize the extent of that pressure until you actually rehearse it in real time. So definitely try as a leader, you yourself, or, you know, if you want to recommend something for your team member, your team leader, your boss, whatever to set up is, you know, these on the job trainings, even if they are in a rehearsal practice kind of routine, because it's going to help get people to realize what they're up against and, yeah, I think I think too many people just assume that just them showing up is enough when at the end of the day, if you can't deliver a certain type of standard, then you're probably not going to want to be there. Not because you're not going to do the job right and, you know, you're going to let people down more so like it's probably just not good for your health and you probably shouldn't put yourself in that scenario ever. And it's OK if you're not capable of being in that situation because we all handle stress differently. So uh, force forcing functions. Uh, last one in this chapter is from page 62 and it says right after I take a drink, their success illustrated once again, the leadership, uh, is the most important thing on any battlefield. Uh, it is the single greatest factor in whether a team succeeds or fails. Uh, yeah. So once again, just, Putting into context the battlefield terminology, um, you know, the battlefield could be your workplace, could be an event, could be a function, could be, an, uh, you know, a family gathering, whatever. Um, maybe some of us would actually be better off if we thought of family functions as a, a battlefield. But that leadership is uh, is is what what needs to happen in order for certain things to to transpire whether it be accomplishing a goal implementing a system uh uh having a successful process um you know just overall teamwork uh functionality um sustainability i mean it's just like if you can't do the same thing over and over again in in these high intense environments uh like a battlefield then how the hell are you going to do it when it's, you know, 75 degrees, sunny, sunny skies, everyone's all clean, nice and ready to go rested versus like no sleep raining, you know, a hundred degrees or 40 degrees. 
and you know everyone's just about up to here with everything and everyone um you know you you need that type of leadership to communicate what needs to be communicated otherwise you're not going to win you're going to fail so um next chapter uh oh wow there's only one quote that's cool maybe we'll do three yeah let's do three we got time right guys uh chapter three is simply called believe and this next quote is from page 76 and it says if a leader does not believe he or she will not take the risk required to overcome the inevitable challenges necessary to win so believe to me, uh, just from reading this and, you know, pulling, pulling from context, but also pulling out of context, because uh, you have to believe in not only yourself, but your team. And, you know, believing in your team, it might start all the way back in day one when you meet them all. It might start back when you hire someone. It might start back, um, you know, when you get hired to fill a certain position. And, you know, you need to believe that one, you can do the job. So, you know, if you've been told this is, you know, these are the expectations that the organization, the company, you know, you as a business owner can see needing to happen in the industry, whatever. If you don't believe that you can accomplish that, then you've already lost. You know, you're, you're going to lose regardless if you have the best team, the best, uh, um, uh, situation or scenario, the best, uh, I'm trying to think of one of the other words. Um, just, just all around the perfect scenario, the perfect storm, you know, uh, if you can't, if you can't believe in yourself and the people that you have to work with, then you might as well just tell, you know, tell whoever that, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's not going to work out. But unfortunately, once again, because of job security, because of denial or whatever, uh, they just assume that, oh, it's going to work out somehow. I mean, we're going to go through it. We're going to have to do it. So, uh, But that doesn't mean you're going to take the risks required. doesn't mean you're going to be able to overcome the, the challenges. You're not, you're not going to be able to see into the future uh, what you're supposed to be expected to accomplish unless you're, you know, you're playing it all out in your head. You're you're at least setting yourself up for every type of scenario, good or bad. Uh, and you don't, and you don't have backup plans. If you don't have backup plans, like you, you need to believe that things aren't going to always go right. And if you're always in denial of that and thinking that everything is just, it's, it's going to work out just the way you thought, then you're screwed. Um, so, but by believing in yourself to being able to go through those things, accomplish those things beforehand, the pre-production side of setting up anything, to then going through the actual event um, and knowing who you have, knowing your team, knowing knowing everyone's individual pluses and minuses, and and knowing who you can reach out to at certain times to essentially step in where you can't because you have to go do something else or put out another fire. Um, yeah, belief's huge. Uh, and you know, you, you might, you might relate belief to, to something like, you know, you've been in the industry a long time. You're, you know, maybe, maybe you're just like over trying to change things and you really, yeah, you really just want, you know, you really just want to have 
the certain life you've had till you end up retiring or till the industry, you know, dies off or whatever, or, or you get, you win the lottery. But even in that moment too, you probably don't believe that you're going to be someone who's going to push the industry forward. You're going to develop the business and increase sales or, you know, take, take whatever group of people you have to the next level. And that's, I think, a huge part of being a leader is being able to, to always be pushing forward, to moving forward uh, in whatever you're accomplishing or trying to do. Or, you know, even, even if it's the same thing, the same routine, you still need to develop new uh, technologies or even, you know, see, see the future of it. Because even though it might it might do the same thing every time, it might have the same process and system, there's other things that can come in to make them faster. Other different types of things that you can implement to have everyone have a better quality of life or just make it overall, you know, a better win for everyone. You know, there's benefits in there somehow, some way, even if it's the same functionality. Um, so, yeah, you got to believe in yourself just for that reason. And a lot of people get stuck in, in just what they have, you know, they, they, they see the past. Like I've, I've heard this excuse used, like I've been in the industry for 20 years. Well, depending on the industry, actually, I should just say, regardless of the industry, 20 years is a long time. And if you're, if your company, your business hasn't evolved in 20 years, you're screwed, man. Like there's no way ifs, ands, or buts around that one. And so if you're trying to keep everything the same, you're basically just acknowledging the fact that you don't believe that you can can take it forward. And all you really want to do is is, you know, just have job security, you know, wipe your hands off once you're done and be like, well, yeah, I did my job. No, that's not about that's not what being a leader is about. And um, so if you don't believe in yourself, you won't believe in your team. You won't make the right sacrifices like I believed in certain things that I was a part of and I was leading to the point where I knew when to to actually end up stepping down because I knew that I couldn't take it farther because of not because of my own, uh, you know, qualifications or my own commitment. It was more so what I was given via the organization, the company, the business, whatever, they weren't going to give me the the tools, resources, and manpower necessary to accomplish the goal. But what I do know a lot of times is once you uh, have a void, a lot of companies and businesses and, and the leadership of that will end up finding replacements that will end up being able to take it where it needs to go and they'll see the void as like, oh, we actually need to invest more into this versus when you had something that was safe and, you know, it, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Well, if you have one person that's doing the same job over and over again and but you don't see them as being like the future of it for whatever reason, this is, and I'm talking from like the, the head ups, you know, then, of course, you're not going to like give them more resources to do the same thing. That's that's stupid. That's a waste of, you know, of 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 money, you know, and, but even though that person knows the future, knows what his team's capable of, knows what they're actually going to be able to accomplish if they do get these things, X, Y, and Z, 
sometimes the best thing you can do is just, you know, basically pass it on to the next person. Make your ceiling the next person's floor. So it's constantly growing. It's constantly going up. And uh, that's happened. You know, I've seen my my position. Maybe it's not even filled, but the position that I leave ends up having a void and they end up replacing it with something that I could have never been able to convince them of unless I, w- I stepped back, unless I showed them, okay, now that I'm not here, what are you going to do? Even though I've said everything I need to say, and, it, and it's funny too, because a lot of times what I'll do is I'll have a tough conversation with, you know, the heads up, the higher ups, and I'll tell them like, these are the things that need to happen. If they can't happen this way, then I can't do my job. So I'm going to have to step down. Um, and then in that regard, they end up taking your advice anyways, either replacing you and having them do that or give them the resources to do that, or they don't fill your position, but they end up giving the the team what they need to accomplish the goal at hand. And it's like, it just makes you laugh because it, it makes you realize as far as, especially as a leader, like sometimes the best thing you can do is, is, you know, take yourself out of it. Um, and once again, not because you're not willing to do what it takes and put yourself at risk or or overcome some kind of challenge. It's more so like it's like a stalemate. It's like, you know, you're you're constantly moving back from one uh, block on a chessboard to another going back and forth and you're never going to kill the king, you know, and you're always going to be jumping back and forth from one block to another because there's not enough pieces for you to actually get fired or um, have to quit but you're in this little stalemate where you're just constantly going back and forth. And that's no way to live. That's no way to, to do, to run your life. And so sometimes the risk is, is quitting. Sometimes the, to overcome an inevitable challenge is to, to release the position. And, uh, you're going to have that in your life. If you're a leader, does it suck to happen? Yeah. But then you get to go away and hear from the grapevine, oh yeah, that department grew by 50% when you get left, or that, you know, that situation, they invested tons of money into it, and now it's flourishing, and everyone who's there is happier. Cool. That's exactly what I wanted people to have. I wanted people to have a platform, a place, an opportunity to be developed and to do what they felt called to do. And it wasn't gonna happen unless, you know, you know, and, and it's not even about taking the credit. But it's literally like I, I can't even take credit for any new developments because they're not going to acknowledge they're not going to acknowledge what I do, you know, uh, you know, as a uh, as a good thing, I guess, as they're not going to acknowledge the, the, the effort that you're you're going to be putting in for the rest of your life if you stayed there. So and, and, and see that as like a positive thing, it probably be actually a negative thing if you think about it. But instead of just being in that that middle ground, you know, sometimes you really do just need to, the risk at hand as a leader is to, to give it away, um, to the next, you know, person that, you know, your leadership believes in. But the best businesses I could say is they are constantly developing their leaders, constantly investing in them, giving them the reins to, to maneuver the department, the position, whatever, into where they feel like it's going to go and then trusting them, 
lot of a lot of businesses, a lot of a lot of higher ups, they don't they don't trust, you know, their teams enough to give them what they they believe they need to be successful. And that's unfortunate. But that's also part of the process of being a leader. There's going to be times where you're not able to accomplish what you need because you don't have 100% of the trust. You don't have, uh, you know, they don't, your company, your business, your organization doesn't have your back. And, and that's going to happen. So the real question you need to ask yourself, though, is in that situation, you know, what is the risk? What is, what is the inevitable challenge that you want to win? What's, where is the win in that? The win is that you leave so that uh, someone else can can fill that spot and hopefully fingers crossed do what you saw could have you know could could occur and um and that's a risk that you have to take as a leader so um okay one two three four five five i think we can do five more you know uh you know what i'm just gonna sum up i'm gonna sum up um I feel like two a chapter or two a two a quote sessions is good. Two chapters of quote sessions is pretty good. Um, I can't see how many. We're only like half, like not even halfway through yet, but of the with the whole book. But um, yeah, I just obviously you guys, I have a huge like uh, soft spot for just leadership in general, developing other people, building up uh, a community. Uh, you know, a standard and a culture, um, everywhere, anywhere I can, you know, whether it's my own thing, whether it's a company I work for, um, uh, the business, the businesses I've worked for in the past, the organizations that I've, uh, helped with, um, trying to grow and just be better. And, uh, so this, this is something too, like, I didn't think that this is where SoCal QOL could go. It wasn't my intent. But the more and more we have these wellness conversations and these quality of life conversations uh, about individuals and or the groups that they're in, whether it be a business, organization, company, the more I realize that it is culture. It is building standards and and keeping things uh, accountable. Otherwise, you know, it's going to feel like you work in an insane asylum because when, when standards aren't being met and people are getting away with mediocre work, it sucks as an individual who sees things way differently and who wants to, to be a part of something bigger than themselves. You can't be a part of something like that unless you're always striving to be better. You're always learning from your mistakes and, and you're, it's, it's functional. It's, it's uh, cooperative and it's it's practical and the things that you're actually being able to accomplish every day are doable over and over again. And a lot of times people don't realize that when they do drop the ball, they do lower their standards just so they can get out on time or even leave early. I mean, you're really fucking up the business. You're really screwing up the system and you're building a culture that someone who works for you, underneath you or under your wing could see that as the standard and then they're going to be half-assed and then and then lo and behold you know half the company goes down because they were all believing that johnny over here who was showing up late leaving early doing piss poor work was what the company wanted plain and simple 
And that became the standard and at least half the company and God forbid it seeps over into the other half. But I mean, I've seen it. I've totally seen it where, you know, one bad egg, man, it'll just infect the whole carton. And, uh, and unfortunately some of us eggs aren't able to sustain the, the, you know, the, the, or not even sustain it, but like, have the ability to to play the long game and because a lot of times especially when you get older and you get into your you know fourth fifth tenth job uh you're gonna or maybe it's your fourth fifth tenth business you're you're gonna have a shorter uh you know shorter wins uh wind span you're gonna have a sh- shorter amount of time that you're willing to wait and be patient for things to to change or for people to come around or whatever. And, um, but even things that I've, you know, I've had to set aside or leave or whatever. I mean, sometimes the same shit is happening to this day. And that's crazy to me to think that the functionality of a piss poor standardized place can still function for whatever reason. The money just keeps coming in because it comes in or, the industry's hot or, you know, the organization is, is, has, has a lot of financing, whatever. It's like, it sucks because of just to think about how much could have been done with all of that time, energy and power behind something that was actually could grow and build its scale. And, um, you know, people wonder why companies don't grow and, and businesses don't flourish. And it's like, well, there's probably no reason for people to to want to stay or the people that are staying there are literally just there for the job, the money, the income. And it's uh, that's not a bad thing as long as they're fit it, filling a position that that calls for that. You know, but if it's your leaders, whoo, I I don't want to be a part of that. Plain and simple. And even if I got hired to help a company and they were choosing not to do you know, what essentially I'm there to do. I'm not going to stick around. I'll be like, Hey, you guys figure it out on your own. Then if you're not going to take any advice, like any advice, there's really no reason for me to be here. And some people get really like put off by that. When you tell them, you tell them what they need, or you at least communicate things that you've learned that could be helpful. And and they they almost like agree with you so much to where like you just assume like you're going to you're going to make the right decision. Right. You're going to go in the right direction. And then they just flip a 180 and go back to their old ways, hire the same people that they fired. Like there was an episode of uh, is it uh, 24 hours to hell and back with Gordon Ramsay, this last one with a with a, a restaurant in uh, Los Angeles and. Long story short is they, you know, Gordon does his thing. He he communicates to the owner that, you know, if this person doesn't get fired, then you're, you're basically your culture here, your team is going to be toxic and it's going to go down, like regardless of, of all the stuff that I do. So unless this person gets fired, then, you know, you're going to be stuck and you're going to you're going to lose your job or you're going to lose your business. And all that money you owe and all that stuff, you're going to have to pay out of your own pocket somehow. Um, 
and you know and then being able to then give ownership to other individuals at the company like or the restaurant like the chefs or the general managers or whatever then they're laying off people because they know the same mentality that gordon has if you don't get rid of certain people things are going to stay 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 toxic and it's not even like a it's not even like a sacrificial lamb kind of thing it's more so just like this is just the way it works plain and simple but lo and behold after gordon leaves after they have like a successful business for a day the owner flips everything goes back to like the same I, I'm not speaking out of context now as far as this guy, but he ends up hiring people that Gordon fired. He ends up, um, or the other people under Gordon fired. Um, he ends up, um, you know, letting go of people that he ended up trying to hire, or he said he was going to hire back because he needed to let go. He needed to literally be a leader by stepping back and letting them run the show which is going to let him be more available to do other things and build the business in other ways. And yet he can't afford to have a general manager, even though he's $350,000 in debt and he, he can't, he can't afford not to make money. And the only way to make money is to have a general manager. It's like, come on, bro. So anyways, that example just sucked. Cause it's, it's, that's something my wife and I always look forward to after the kind of the credits are rolling. They do like a, you know, three, three months later, and we always hope it's positive, but this last time it was super negative. And so, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they closed their doors already because that's how that works, you know? Um, but yeah, unfortunately, sometimes when you have those businesses, those jobs that you were part of, that you were the leader of, and when you leave, nothing changes and it stays the same because financially they're able to stay in the, in the clear, the black, and they don't have to go to the red. Um, yeah then they don't have to uh, change. But all in all, guys, I hope this was uh, another amazing Quote Sessions uh, episode, uh, number three with our Extreme Ownership uh, book by Jocko Willink. And yeah, just uh, hope this gives you some type of motivation to continue being a leader, uh, to see your leader as a great positive influence in your life, and uh, if your leader's your job, sorry, if your leader's your boss, you know, tell them how much you appreciate them. Thank them for doing what they do every day, because um, that goes a long way. But um, stay sane, have a good uh, night's sleep, and get ready to kick ass tomorrow. Good old Monday, and uh, yeah, let's kill it this week, guys. See you later.